KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The food service and hospitality industry continues to be seriously affected by the worker shortage. Now, the reasons behind the shortage are complex, but we were curious how much could the concept, the idea of the customer always being right, really kind of be working against the industry in this moment? And what I mean is, is it possible that some people who would usually make up a part of this workforce are tired of catering to customer demands that many times are unreasonable? And in the midst of a global pandemic, these people are saying, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. For this conversation, we caught up with Dr. Corinne King. She is an associate professor and Paul Anderson Research Fellow at the School of Sport, Tourism, and Hospitality Management at Temple University. This is really interesting. Give a listen. So to start, this worker shortage we are seeing, and we're seeing it everywhere, but specifically in the hospitality food service industries, have we ever seen anything like this before, like this universal on all fronts? No, Matt, we haven't. I mean, if you do look back at at traditionally looking at the labour challenges that the hospitality industry has experienced, we we, we have a reputation as an industry of having high turnover. Um, But there's always been another person, particularly at entry-level positions, that can easily fill those roles because those positions are are generally low-skilled and can be easily trained. I think what's exacerbated it now is um, the fact that everyone is looking at the same time for those servers. And so while the same characteristics of the job prevail, we are now having everyone looking for people at the same particular point in time. And what that has done is provided those uh, potential employees more choice than they've ever had before. I think the other thing that's exacerbated it now is because of the type of crisis we've had. With the global pandemic and with the shutdowns that immediately stopped all hospitality and food service, you know, back in March last year. What it forced people to do is to look for other ways to supplement their income. And so they left, not maybe by force because they were let go or maybe they decided to move on to other positions, whether it's in logistics or warehousing and so forth, that that, um, paid a little bit more had better benefits maybe, and and also the work life was a little bit more reasonable than what we know the hospitality industry is is, uh, traditionally known for. So I think those things, like it was a really perfect storm. Um, As I said, we've always had challenges retaining people, but now with the pandemic, it's it's opened up more options for other people and, and also too, as I said, everyone's looking for them at the same time, which is a challenge. To the point where you talked about the work life, I'm curious... One of the things and kind of what was the impetus for putting this podcast together was the idea that in these industries, you know, it's pushed that the customer is always right. We want to cater to the customer and and that they are what it's all about. And I wonder how much that attitude, which I think in a lot of cases has led to a feeling of entitlement and unreasonable demands from customers is weighing on the industry now because in a time of global crisis where people are kind of reevaluating things, people might say, you know what? I'm kind of tired of getting yelled at because the potatoes were cold and stuff beyond my control and I try to be nice and it doesn't seem to matter and people hold tips over my head like they enjoy it and it's just not worth it. How much do you think that is playing into this? 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I think that um, I think what we're seeing here with the labour force in hospitality has just more been illuminated as a result of COVID. These things existed before. And it's interesting, you know, that the customer is always right is a, is a term that I will have lively debates with my grad students about in, in relation to that, because you're right, most people think that if I'm a service-oriented organisation, then if I adopt the philosophy of the customer is always right, I can't go wrong. But COVID aside, I mean, even adopting that mindset does present challenges to the organisation because if you are defaulting to what that customer wants, um, at best it may mean that you as an organisation are not necessarily getting out of it what you want. But at worst situation, it's making your employees, those people that are interacting with those customers every time feel completely out of control with no power and, and often not support. So even before COVID, I used to talk to my students about this and I'm saying, I don't know whether the adopting the customer is always right mindset is is 100% correct. I am all for being customer centric, but I'm I'm more advocate for this notion of understanding the ecosystem in which we are serving the customer. And it's not just the customer, it's the employees that are also in that ecosystem and it's your business as well that's in that ecosystem and all stakeholders need to be able to be satisfied. Now, to your point, though, about has this been amplified or is this playing into what we're seeing now? 100%. As I said before, you know, we know as, as people that work in the service industry that sometimes we have to deal with difficult customers. And in the past, we grit through it, we smile, we may talk to our, our fellow colleagues about what an awful night we had, but we seem to have, have mustered through. I think, though, with covid um, with with the general sentiment of, of people as um, going through a health crisis and the stress um, has made us, as you said, generally as society reevaluate what we're doing with our life. But I also think as hospitality workers, they've really un now understood the vulnerability of the industry. They lost their job and it was not there for a while. And also, too, the fact that they perhaps haven't been treated as well as they, they could be and there's other alternatives for them to, to earn similar money or to provide a work life that doesn't add that stress onto it. So I think, yes, that is what is also exacerbating it for owners of hospitality establishments to try and recruit people at this time, is that are they providing an environment that those employees feel supported um, and, and which makes them want to stay around? Um, and it's it's a hard line for these hospitality organisations to walk because they want money too, right? They want to be able to sustain themselves. They don't want to turn away customers. But I would encourage those organisations to think long term. A bad customer may walk away tonight. Your employees you want around tomorrow night and the next night and the next night. And and I think we've all seen bad customer behaviour. Um, and so, and to know that not everyone is like that. And so it's having the, the confidence within yourself as an organisation and your employees to be able to say, to say no to a customer. We're not the right place for you. You mentioned the term customer centric. And I'm curious, can you compare to me as a, as a layman, you know, the idea of customers always right and customer centric? Where, what, where is the line in, in those two ideas? So to me, being customer-centric is working very hard to understand who your customers are, what their needs are, and how they fit 
with what you want to provide as an organisation, right? So these restaurants, these small food service organisations and so forth, they exist to, they're a profit-seeking entity. They're, they're an entity that wish to grow and wish to sustain. And so customer-centric is about making sure that you, understanding that not every customer needs to be your customer, right? There is, then that's why we segment customers. But finding out who is the customer that you that will be satisfied by the services that you provide and then working to really understand what those customers want so to me, to me, I when I when I talk to the students about the difference between the customer is always right and customer centric, I explain it in this way that the customer is always right abdicates your responsibility as an organization of figuring out what those customers want and providing it to them. And therefore that puts you in a really precarious position of having customers dictate to you what they think is a reasonable wait time or what they think is a reasonable price or or, or so forth. But again, customer-centric, know your customers, develop products and services that suit those customers, then you won't have them being demanding and your employees, customers and you as an organisation are all realising your specific goals. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm curious, I don't know if there is a way to track this, but in a society now where everything is at our fingertips, where we have multiple choices, where we are becoming less and less tolerant of having to wait for anything. Have customers gotten more unreasonable because they are so used to being able to access everything to where uh, a 10 minute wait at a restaurant maybe leads to a, a comment or a discussion that, uh, it leaves the employee in a bad place where before it might have taken 45, 50 minutes. Has, has the, the fuse gotten shorter, I guess, on on what customers demand and expect uh, over the last decade or so? I, yes, I would. Uh, yes, I would. In, in short, I would agree with that. And I think, as you've rightly pointed out, access to information is sometimes a good thing and, and, and maybe not some not a good thing. But what this all boils down to, though, is managing expectations and communication, right? And and so keeping in mind, as you're not going to satisfy everyone, but our customers are more informed today than they've ever been before with the internet, with social media and so forth. And they have a lot of choice, right? Like, again, the, the, the experience, which is fantastic. As a customer, the hospitality experiences that we can have are numerous, and that is that is wonderful. But we have to understand as an operator, those things become our reference points. And so this then circles back to why I think, you know, organisations really, when, when we talk about being customer-centric, it doesn't just mean saying yes to the customer. It means you really have to work on understanding who they are. And that can happen in an interaction, like when someone comes to a restaurant, it doesn't mean sophisticated research, but it means communicating with them and trying to understand what it is they're looking for so that you can best manage their expectations. So an example, someone comes to a restaurant and there's a wait for for a seat at the table. Having that conversation with the guest about realistically giving them a, a wait time, asking them if this is something that's suitable to them and keeping them updated, that, that goes a long way for diffusing a situation than perhaps telling someone initially it's a 30-minute wait, not coming back to them, not asking them if, if you know, if what are their concerns and so forth. So 
yes, people's expectations have got higher. This is the reality because of access to information. And so it does but it does put more pressure or onus on the organization to work a little bit harder in trying to understand and manage those customer expectations. Specifically in the food service industry, when it is driven by tips, is there any way to really balance this? Because it seems to put a, a specific power dynamic in place where the server is almost inherently has to defer to the customer on anything because most of their salary is paid by the customer in the form of tips. I mean, is that kind of, if we want to really reverse engineer this, you know, the idea that that's kind of the, the, the pay base in this industry will always work against it in situations like this? Yeah, I mean, I think that we could probably have two camps of hospitality workers that think that the tips, that the fact that they can earn money based on tips is a great thing. And then there's others that are in the, the camp of, that you were describing of it's it's a necessary evil, right, that I have to, that I have a lot of emotional stress in my job of needing to smile when I don't really want to smile because of the way I'm being treated, but I have to because, of, as you said, that's where my livelihood is. And I think that's one thing that COVID has forced the issue more on is this minimum wage, and and particularly in in, in food service um, where they are where they're able to get tips, we know that that is really below standard or or below w- what is considered reasonable. And so I think again, getting back to why are we having these labour issues? You know, um, is it just a COVID phenomena? Are we going back? Will we ever go back to what it was before? I would like to think that this has been the shock or the impetus to move the industry more into this notion of really, really valuing their employees and understanding that even though people come to a restaurant to eat the food, that food cannot be provided unless you have employees. And I think that I think employees too who love the industry and love interacting with people, they do have a threshold. And they've been empowered in this time to be able to say, I don't have to take this. And so I really, I, I really hope that, um, and there are some great operators out there who care about their employees and will stand up for their employees when customers are behaving badly. But that used to be a standout. I think that's going to be an expectation moving forward that if you want your restaurant or your, your small hospitality organisation to sustain itself, this notion of the customer is always right and being custom um, is not a viable strategy, and that customer centric. If you if you take that philosophy, encapsulates both the employee and the organisational perspective and the customer as well. And understanding those three things need to be in sync if you're going to be able to be sustainable. What do you see over the next year or two in this space? Let's assume that we eventually get out of this pandemic and things ramp up to get better. That's the assumption we'll we'll play this on. But do you think we will see maybe more and more restaurants eliminate tips? Maybe we will see, start to see viral videos of managers sticking up for uh, their employees, uh, you know, stuff like that. What do you think the next couple of years will look like? Look, I think we're always going to have that percentage of, the population of the hospitality industry that are not going to change. Whether they can sustain themselves or not, it really depends on the market that they're in. 
we're already seeing organisations change now, like great initiatives like Kip City of Edge and so forth, that as soon as people came back into the workforce, they said we're increasing the minimum wage and, and, they're, and they're not going back. It's not a, it wasn't just a hiring bonus sort of thing. This is a new way of, of life. I personally would hope that as we move forward and that that the, the COVID, the silver lining about the COVID crisis for the hospitality industry is that it's allowed the decision makers to really reflect on terminology that was there before, customer, employee, but really understand how these need to be in sync to, to move forward. And I really do think from an employment perspective, we really do re- need to reimagine that employee, employee relationship because there is, there is no doubt there will be demand and increasing demand for eating out, going to events, going on holidays. So these, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to make money. But as I said, these organisations can't do it without employees. And even if you can recruit an employee, you need to retain those employees because turnover does nothing for your business and, and being able to provide exceptional service. So I, I do think the industry has had a reckoning. I think the industry needs to understand it's not just a financial solution. So increasing minimum wage does not address any of these things that we've talked about today. It doesn't matter how much money you pay me. Well, maybe it does. I don't know what that pay threshold is to say that I will stand there and continually get abused by someone and have no support from my organisation. There has to be a tipping point there. And so, yeah, I, I think that... Then there needs to be change and it's slowly happening. But again, I think that there's a lot of people that are reflecting now on this notion of what it's going to take to keep good employees. And as I said, money's one thing, but even you know, mental health is another thing. I think people have and that I think that's off the back of, you know, the customer is always right and the and the downside of, of being that way. People also wanting, you know, work-life balance that the industry never provided before and people are now sort of saying, well, that's that's what I want. So how is the industry going to respond to these things? Because they have real deficits in relation to, to labour to draw on. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon. We'll have another episode out soon.